Support for this podcast and the following messages comes from Texas Mutual Insurance Company, proud to support the many Texas businesses who make safety their number one priority in the workplace. More information about Safety Focus Workers' Comp available at WorkSafeTexas.com. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is crisis Part 2. And all of the discussion uh, that you'll hear on this show emanates from the literature of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, and all of the dialogue emanates from her 24 volumes of books. And as does this uh, thought, by the way, we grow by the presentation of moments of crisis and That may sound a little cryptic and um, hard to understand, but I like to think of the universe as being a friendly place, and I can think of all the challenges and difficult times that I have as I really look back at them, and in retrospect, I grew so much from them. I think if we could only look at the world and the universe, uh, and also at difficult times, as a tool or a means to develop, to grow, to grow stronger, I think... If we look at difficult uh, times and crisis like that, I think it will help us to have a more positive feeling about reality in general. What is it about crisis that makes us grow? I'm not sure, but I think it's uh, related to the fact that crisis is um, an aspect or an expression or a uh, factor that's associated with conflict. And certainly all of us are probably familiar with conflict. The the inner quarrel that rages within one is what leads us to a point of crisis. Most of us probably think that conflict and crisis are signs of failures. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most important things that we would want to get across in our discussion of crisis is that it's not a sign of failure to generate a crisis. In fact, it's a sign of potential growth and forward movement. Um, To me, knowing that is deeply reassuring. According to the writings of Alice Bailey, nothing is is deadlier to the life of the soul than um, a kind of stasis, a, a status quo in the life when everything is on an even keel, everything is humming along, there are no great crises or um, major tests. We might think that's a life that's really well handled, 
but in fact it can be a, a life that's uh, of terminal uh, inertia in terms of the soul. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those periods in life that kick up a lot of dust and uh, perhaps uh, raise the blood pressure are um, lives where a great deal is being learned, uh, there's testing occurring. The thing about conflict is that it makes one um, face the need to discriminate and make choices because when you're experiencing conflict you're seeing the clash of opposites and that means that you have to decide between them that's what leads one to a crisis the need to make a a discriminative discriminative choice yes there's usually usually some kind of a a cleavage Uh, you have arrived at a certain kind of cleavage in a person's life and and, uh, this cleavage actually means it's an opportunity to uh, transcend this point of uh, cleavage and to build a bridge over it and thereby come out on the other side much improved, a better person uh, with a more uh, a better outlook, a more balanced outlook and so it's uh, uh, if we should see crises that happen in our lives in this respect, in this way, then we don't have to be um, um, defeated by the the cleavage Mm -hmm. that arises. In fact, be um, exhilarated by the fact that you're facing such a a -hmm. point. Uh, One of the sayings in the books of Alice Bailey that I really love uh, is something to the effect that if you're not experiencing a crisis, you should create one. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us would think, what? That must be the exact opposite of what it means to le- lead a spiritual life. But in fact, what she was uh, trying to say was that only through these critical experiences do we we test the waters and see um how we might incorporate a larger view, which mm-hmm. I think is what you mean by saying, uh, mm-hmm. when you say, uh, when you speak of bridging a cleavage. Yes, that's how we grow, and that's what's what the question says. What is it about crises that makes us grow? And that's mm-hmm. the whole point. If we're just standing still, we're not necessarily growing in, in terms of consciousness and our mm-hmm. outlook and quality of life because it's uh, we reach a, a static point and mm-hmm. everything stops and mm-hmm. that's kind of deadly to the soul because that's the uh, the whole point for um, uh, the soul working through us in the world is to effect this kind of constant growth and expansion of consciousness and for every human being these crises uh, are different because uh, we're not all alike. For some people, a crisis might uh, concern the conflict between the more spiritual and the more material values and Mm -hmm. the need to make a choice between the two to decide what might be more spiritual, what might be more related to the form and material plane and to choose the higher over the lower. For other people, the crisis might concern matters of ethics and morals. Um, For others, it might be uh, a conflict between the furthering of self-interest and the interests of the group, whether we're speaking of the family or the workplace or the community or society. 
making the choice between deciding to uh, further self-interest or to sacrifice, to use a word that a lot of people don't like, in order to um, um, support the uh, the greater good of the larger group. Those are all different kinds of crises. And um, the most spiritual crises are those which um, pit individual goals, even very high, very spiritually elevated, but individual goals versus the goals of the plan of God. And for the real spiritually developed uh, people among us, their crises are on that level. The individual might have a very highly uh, dedicated, refined, spiritual uh, vision of how to live his life, and yet that might not be the supreme good. The plan of God might require something quite different. So these are very subtle crises on that level, and um, you can see that there is a progression from one stage to another. That's why we repeat these crises over and over and over on the spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do tend to re- repeat these situations that lead to crisis over and over again until we arrive at mm-hmm. some a point of real discontent about uh, the, our situation, and it's that point that uh, that we, we seek an alternative. Mm-hmm. thereby grow and uh, this calls in the creative imagination and the ability to to visualize and to imagine a better solution to <coughs> the one situation and uh, that's that's a very spiritual uh, point in a person's life yeah, well, when you consider crisis uh, crisis occurs uh, at a less evolved state of consciousness and uh, the hope is and, and the growth I think that you're talking about Dale is that uh, as a result of uh, of a crisis occurring at the less evolved state of consciousness, it can rocket us into a higher, more evolved uh, state of consciousness, which is, I guess, the growth that we're talking about. Uh, the Alice Bailey writings speak of points of crisis of the soul. Can you say something about that? Well, um, one thought that occurs to me is uh, what I was just mentioning a few moments ago, that crises become increasingly subtle. And my understanding of spiritual crisis uh, in terms of the soul's evolution is that the greatest crises can be almost purely subjective. By that I mean on the outer levels of life, everything might look very calm and well-ordered. I suppose most of us think of crisis as the kind of experience when everything falls apart and uh, there's a collapse of... um, relationships, of employment, of health, or whatever, those, in fact, are not particularly high-level crises in terms Mm -hmm. of the soul. They can be uh, deeply educational and um, productive of growth. I'm not saying they're not meaningful. They can be devastating and uh, very um, conducive to growth. But in terms of the soul, the greatest crises are subjective, which means that they occur on a level that's hidden below the surface of the outer life. An onlooker or a bystander might not see anything occurring. Everything Mm. might look as if it's perfectly normal, and yet 
for the person undergoing such a crisis, it can be profound and, in fact, devastating because it occurs on the levels of the mind and uh, the spiritual level. Nobody else sees them, but they can be really transformative if handled rightly. Yes, and we have to <coughs> remember that these are crises of the soul and the, as opposed to the crises of the outer personality self. And so those are two uh, distinct areas where even the soul, you see, can go through these moments of crisis and which are really opportunities for the soul to grow mm-hmm. yeah, as it works through this uh, personal self in the world. That's why uh, it's said that only... Um, when we are undergoing a crisis, do we really come in contact with our higher self or the soul? There's something about uh, the nature of crisis that makes us um, look for other resources than we normally draw upon, search for another kind of wisdom and understanding that than we might normally uh, live by. It makes us dig deeper and try to see beyond the barrier that's been thrown up by this crisis, that's what uh, brings in the soul, which is the the higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, in these moments of crisis, they can um, be uh, times when we really come in contact with our highest and best self. That's why I think a lot of people who have gone through a crisis, even when they suffer from it, they at the same time have a sense of accomplishment and even of joy. It's the oddest thing, but I'll bet many of our listeners could look upon crises Mm -hmm. in their lives and remember that there was this undercurrent of real joy and kind of a a triumph uh, and a hope Mm -hmm. that was generated by the crisis. So it's a dual dual current that runs through them. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this before, but there are certain stages, certain ages in the person's life when these kind of turning points occur. And uh, just to mention one of them, one of them is uh, around the age 35 when uh, there is a real uh, point where one's life can can make a definite turn and go off in another direction. And that's a point uh, because it represents a... um, the end of a cycle, the beginning of another cycle, around age 35. And uh, if you think about your own life, particularly those who are sort of setting on the path and who have a real spiritual inclination uh, and are searching for something greater than where they are now, then um, along about that age, 35 in the midlife, that you might find a definite choice being brought, given to you. Another um, aspect of crisis that I find interesting is uh, comparing it to a, a college course. Most of us who have gone to school are used to taking tests or exams, and crises are very similar to the tests and exams that we have to pass in in a um, educational course. Those aren't punishment. They are periods of assessment mm-hmm. when um, one determines what has really been learned and how well it's been learned. Without that exam, 
if you were just given the diploma or the certificate, you wouldn't really know if you had assimilated what the course taught you, but the exam is meant to uh, determine that. So it is with crisis. These points of crisis are uh, periods of examination to test just how much one has assimilated, how much wisdom one has um, brought into one's um, mind and heart. Uh, so they're, they're similar to uh, reviews or tests. They are not indications of failure. Mm-hmm. Well, well, excuse me, but, uh, those we've uh, been talking about crisis, and for those people who just tuned in, this is uh, Crisis Part 2. And if anybody would like to explore the idea of crisis further, they can read Esoteric Psychology Part 2, one of the... Uh, volumes of literature written by Alice Bailey, upon which uh, all of our shows are based. All of her literature is, uh, we more or less touch uh, different volumes as we speak. And I'd like to remind you, too, that all the work of the Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. We're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program, We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. Donations can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, that's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And if you'd like to make uh, more direct contact with the Lucis Trust and and its staff, you're welcome to come to our monthly meditation meetings. Uh, You can write or call for a meeting schedule. And if you'd like to uh, jot down our phone number, it's a toll-free number. It's 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. And probably this would answer a lot of your questions, and uh, you won't have the need to call if I say this now, that uh, probably, well, I guess one of the favorite questions that people ask is is the following, and that is, is Lucis Trust, is it a religion? No, we're not a religion. Uh, We're, I guess, for lack of a better term, we're uh, more of a spiritual philosophy organization, and if you uh, do attend our meditation meetings and various other meetings that we have throughout the year, You'll find people from all walks of life and varieties of religious backgrounds and and all discussing uh, spiritual philosophy and uh, looking for the common good in all of them. Um, our website, by the way, if you'd like to key in uh, uh, into our uh, previously archived library of uh, of shows, you can certainly do so. And you can find uh, find those shows on our website. The website is www.lucistrust. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Once again, it's uh, www.lucistrust.org. And once again, the toll-free number if you'd like to give us a call. And um, you you could also order our cassette tapes, uh, any of our radio shows that you'd like a cassette copy of. We'd be happy to send it out to you. Um, Our website, once again, is www.lucistrust.org and our phone number, our toll-free number is 1-866, an easy way to remember it, NYLUCIS, 1-866-NYLUCIS. 
And uh, I agree with with what uh, Sarah and Dale are both saying about crisis. I also am reminded of uh, that famous quotation by Victor Hugo, uh, the one where he says that once the mind expands to a new dimension, it can never return to its original form. And I I think it's crisis, really, that uh, sends us into that new dimension in higher consciousness. Uh, But... It's interesting that you say that, Robert, because um, one of the aspects of crisis that um, indicates it's been successfully handled is the factor of expansion, just as Victor Mm -hmm. Hugo touched on. Um, A real soul crisis produces expansion, it's said. It produces a greater inclusiveness in terms of how one views the world and one's relationships and one's place within the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas... um, a more purely emotional kind of crisis can often produce the reverse of expansion, a kind of constriction, a turning in upon oneself, mm-hmm. um, contracting one's um, sensitive antennae and drawing into oneself. So uh, it's interesting that you brought up that that quote by Victor Hugo. Yeah, I thought it so applied and related to what both of you were saying before. Uh, however, it's said that man has the habit of crisis. So, well, that's quite a habit, but I guess it could be positive the way we're looking at it in this show. Uh, what what does that suggest, the habit of crisis? Well, I think it's uh, obvious to anybody that looks at huma- humanity, and especially uh, at, say, humanity in the last 500 years since the Enlightenment, particularly the past 100 years, Uh, which are said to have been the bloodiest in the whole of human history, we certainly have um, created a habit of crisis. One uh, hurdle, one test after another, seems to affect uh, not only individuals, but the whole of humanity. To me, it's indicative that we're reaching a kind of a climax. And I think a lot of people sense this now um, the events of the past um, recent months since September 11th certainly have thrown the whole world into a, a crisis and I think a lot of people sense that we're reaching a point where some kind of decision is going to be made that will be in a, in a sense irrevocable um, if we don't do something about resolving the conflict and the inharmony between peoples, we are all going to pay a terrific price. Yes, and the uh, I suppose the, the reasons for this is you know the real esoteric reasons perhaps, and we've talked about this before about the the new age energies that are coming in now and the old age energies that are phasing out. And so there is a kind of uh, transition period between these ages and where the energies that are impacting upon human consciousness are are creating a lot of these crises in the world today. Because mm-hmm. uh, And this is uh, inevitable given that uh, uh, this transition time that we're experiencing and going through in, in the world and uh, Whenever there is an uh, old age, from an old age to a new age occurring, then these kind of crises come up. And there, there's a lot of old stuff that has to come up for resolution so that we can move on and, and, and grow and move on to the next stage. 
And there's also a conflict of energies, isn't there? See, we've mm-hmm. talked about this so much that the energies that have characterized uh, the past 2,000 years are being replaced by incoming new energies of an age that we don't really know uh, too much about because it is new. But I think we all sense that there's a uh, a riptide that, uh, if possible, is going in two directions. Mm-hmm. You either follow the undertow that uh, carries you back into the past, into the familiar, into the old and the um, tried and true, or you allow yourself to be carried along by this inpouring wave of energy that uh, is uh, bringing about so much that is new. All of us are reaching, um, are participating in this kind of crisis that Mm -hmm. requires a discrimination uh, in terms of where we want to line up our forces, with the new or with the old, Mm -hmm. or in the case of some souls, uh, to form a kind of a bridge that unites past and future. I suppose I would say that's my preference, to preserve the best of the past and yet bravely face uh, the new and unknown and be open and uh, ready for it. And to realize that uh, we can no longer uh, follow the mistakes of the past and we have to um, look toward the future and and learn from those mistakes and move on. And I think that's the, the great question that's coming out of the uh, situation in the Middle East and in the um, East and Asian sections of the world. Uh, the tremendous conflicts that are building up there. And these are, we're being faced with very definite questions, an opportunity here for real growth if we uh, can take advantage of this uh, mm-hmm. opportunity. Taking advantage of it is exactly uh, the right words. We can either sit around saying, why me, why me, or we can say, what can I learn from this experience? What is this trying to teach me? And that's where the habit of crisis comes in. We have to ask ourselves, what is it that circumstances and um, uh, the various uh, conflicts that are generated, what are they trying to teach me? What Mm -hmm. am I supposed to learn from this? Because everything can be educational, the good and the bad experiences, Mm -hmm if we look for the underlying meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I meant about the, the subjective nature of the really spiritual mm-hmm. crises. Yeah, it's the same crisis that's occurring in the churches, too. Uh, mm-hmm. The crisis of uh, <coughs> the faith and uh, a lot of the um, old past mistakes are being coming up to the surface now in uh, creating uh, situations that have to be changed. Yeah. The, the idea that I've adopted uh, from the Alice Bailey works and from what you're just saying, too, is that whatever situation you have, no matter how painful, look for the blessing in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we have to search hard, but it's there. What are some of the spiritual qualities that are gained from crisis rightly handled? Oh, there's so many. Um, it's said that crises produce points of revelation. And to me, what that means is that when we're going through a crisis, or perhaps after we've been through it, we can hopefully discern um, a new understanding. Something has been revealed that we didn't um, understand before the crisis. We have a better sense of ourselves and our potential and our strengths, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we have 
a better understanding of all human beings and of the, the purpose of life. Maybe not some sweeping vision, but stage by stage, uh, go, by going through these crises, we get a better understanding of what it means to be human, why we are here, what uh, our little place is within this great uh, plan that God has for all of us. So that is all revealed through crises rightly undergone. There are so many other soul qualities, but that's that's one. Well, soul crisis is another topic in, for some time in the future that I'd love yes. to get into. Uh, yeah. uh, that's about all the time we have for our discussion today, and you've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You are sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?